Good Wednesday morning, everyone. I just wanted to swing by, talk to you a little bit, uh, especially now that major, what was once uh, major Hurricane Adalia made landfall in the Big Bend area of Florida. Um, maximum sustained winds of right about 130 miles per hour at um, landfall. Adalia has now since weakened. Still a hurricane, though, but winds of about 90 miles per hour. Gusts are a little bit higher, so some areas could still see gusts of 100 miles per hour or better. Adalia continues to move northeast. It's going to move through parts of um, northern parts of Florida, southeast Georgia, and eventually it's actually going to go right back out to sea, uh, still as a tropical storm and likely maintaining tropical storm status and potentially continuing on east and impacting uh, Bermuda. Um, Therefore, while models were showing that this storm had the potential to make a massive loop and come back towards Florida, um, but models have since moved on from that scenario, that same scenario would likely keep Adalia from getting uh, too much stronger again, just simply because if Adalia was to make a big loop, it would be going back over parts of water that's already been worked up, churned up uh, by the storm and the wake and waves of the storm too. And so it wouldn't have a whole lot of extremely warm water to, um, to temporarily keep it from getting stronger. Uh, so basically, you know, you would need a little bit of recovery um, in those ocean temperatures to have a plausible scenario like that of another strong storm working over the same areas. Um, but guys, I do want to focus on a little bit of what's going on back home here in the short term. Today, temperatures are nice. Um, you're going to have mainly clear skies. Highs are going to top out here back at home. Uh, in the upper 70s, a couple of low 80s are possible. Um, the early morning fog kept temperatures in check there for a little bit, so we were actually slower to recover temperature-wise. Now, let's get into tonight. Low temperatures are going to take a dip. We're going to be down to the mid and upper 50s tonight. So several areas are, you're probably going to hear about some of the sheltered valley locations of temperatures coming in at 54, 53 degrees, certainly possible. Tomorrow, even better. We're talking about early taste of fall. This is going to be very, very short-lived, but tomorrow is going to be your very much a fall-like day. High temperatures could struggle to get to the low 70s. I'm seeing some forecast models where it's showing parts of southern and southeastern Kentucky may not get any higher than 68, 69 degrees tomorrow. Generally, I think the consensus, um, some areas for southern and southeastern parts of the state, you're looking at anywhere between 68 to 73 degrees tomorrow, and I am still giving a little bit of a widespread that way. Uh, simply because there is still, you know, pretty wide variability um, from these computer models. And then tomorrow night, we're going to get even 
cooler. Um, I think we get a couple of valley locations that may dip into the upper 40s, like 48, 49 degrees. But generally, I think we're talking about low temperatures between 50 and 55. And, you know, it's just going to be a nice, very, very nice 48 hours of weather. And then once we get back to the weekend, high temperatures come back up to the mid and upper 80s. And I actually think summer tries to make a run at us again. Um, I really think we get into a stretch where it gets pretty warm, um, you know, several days into the 90s. Uh, I mean, come on, guys. We're going to be entering September. September is still a notoriously warm month with some bouts of a little bit of some cooler weather. But um, I do think whatever heat comes through isn't going to be terribly long-lived. I think September has a chance to be right about average, maybe slightly warmer than average, but, you know, if I'm a betting man, just simply because if, if we factor in the potential for more tropical systems to throw a wrench into the pattern, look, this is exactly what Idalia has done. That's why you're seeing your cooler weather today and tomorrow, all because of Hurricane Adalia blocking up the pattern, allowing for cooler weather to set in. I've talked about this for weeks now, and now we're in the heart of hurricane season. You know, we're, we've got to watch the potential for this to happen a couple more times, maybe, maybe even, you know, into September, especially October. As we start to get into more fall-like weather, that's when you can see um, some really, I can't say really, really cold, but some much colder than normal um, bouts of, of weather coming in because of a tropical system backing up that pattern or vice versa. You can also actually see a tropical system coming through, backing up a pattern and allowing for a, a bit of a heat wave to come through. So it's just one of these things that these months are always hard to forecast. But if we're taking all things considered, I think we come out to be right about normal for the month of September, simply because if we're considering in the potential for, you know, tropical systems to back up the pattern, uh, possible bring some cooler than normal bouts of weather, almost kind of like what we're going to see today and tomorrow. But then, you know, summer, you know, showing its ugly face, uh, I think at this point, uh, most people are ready for fall. Um, you know, most retail stores are already starting to get their fall decorations out. You start seeing the colors, and it kind of gets your blood pumping uh, for a little bit cooler weather. I know it does for me, and it's really, really exciting and uh, will be fun. And then once we get in the fall, we start thinking about, you know, the potential for the winter weather season. My thoughts haven't changed. Um, I think what's going to be very interesting is that we are in a fairly strong El Nino. And now, you know, not just me, but everybody's talking about, um, you know, how, how climate change has affected weather patterns. And I believe I've spoke uh, about this briefly with you guys before, but whenever we're talking about 
um, you know, climate change. Well, if we look back at history, your sea surface temperatures, your ocean temperatures, have uh, steadily gotten warmer, um, uh, you know, since back, back since like the 1950s. And so if we factor in, everybody knows what an El Nino is at this point. El Nino is warmer than normal waters, um, ocean waters in, in the Pacific, equator, Pacific area. Um, and, you know, so let's factor in. Let, I'm going to try to keep it simple for you guys. And let's say, you know, we're already seeing warmer than normal uh, water temperatures, part of an El Nino. But then let's factor in that the ocean temperatures are running a little bit warmer every year because of climate change. You've got those two factors in together, and there's really no data for that. You know, we have data for historical averages on how El Ninos have played out and how it affects uh, the weather, you know, around here. And, and if we look at the last 10, 11, 12 years of winters around here, we've had some really, really good winter seasons. And some of those have came on some stout El Nino years, some of them La Nina. And so, you know, we gotta, we gotta think about this. Um, you know, there's really no data that is allowing us to look back and say, okay, th this, this gives us a good idea. Well, yeah, we have these analog models that I talk about from time to time that give us a decent idea comparing back, you know, years. But those are more so weather patterns. So when you take those weather patterns and throw them on the extreme temperatures, the extreme ocean temperatures that we are seeing nowadays, there's no historical data for that. And so that's going to continue to make weather every year that much more hard to predict. I mean, you know, then you look at some of these events that happen that would typically be once in a every hundred year storm that become more frequently. Like um, we talked about this before, flooding up in, I believe it was Vermont uh, last month. That was a one in every 50 year storm. Well, guess what? It happened 10 years before that before too. So, you know, you're looking at a one, one in every 10 year kind of frequency when that should be one in every 50, maybe one in every 75 years. So, yeah, weather's changing. It's going to be a little bit harder to uh, forecast each and every single year. But we're going to continue to try to do it. Uh, I do feel like, um, you know, when I look back at some data, some of these analog models, I like um, what I'm seeing if you are a winter weather lover. But I also think this winter has the potential to be pretty cold. Um, in some spots, I would actually, um, actually leaning towards, um, a pretty harsh stretch of winter at, at some point. Um, but then I think there's also a very real, very real, I'm sorry, possibility that we can just absolutely flip the switch to spring. And especially if this, 
uh, strong El Nino continues to take hold or continue to hold as we get into spring, I think we see yet another active severe weather season that could set up. So, and you know, this far out, I'm speculating. I'm, you know, looking at uh, seasonal models and, and patterns and um, so it's just very, very interesting to watch. And it's very nice to kind of throw some ideas out here that way, you know, when we are four, five, six months out, we can look back and say, hey, you know, was he right? Was he close? Or was he just talking out of his mind? Um, but, you know, it, it gives us a good idea to kind of reflect back and we're able to continue to do better from our own, you know, predictions and our thoughts. That's, that's the game of weather forecasting and that's what we do. Um, guys, I will have uh, more updates as needed, especially on Hurricane Adalia and its impacts. Let's get outside. Let's enjoy this teasing taste of fall weather over the next 48 hours. Guys, let's make it a great day. Take care.